every day if, if your body and your, and your mind are like that bank account and you're looking to add to your bank account each day. Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavaleta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of How Do You Feel? I'm happy to say that I'm back in Toronto, and after spending some time in the U.S., Over the holidays with family, Eric and I are now beginning our 14-day quarantine. Even in these first couple of days, I'm giving a lot of thought to things that I can do to make sure that I continue to feel good over this period of time when we really are going to be in lockdown, ordering all of our groceries, ordering any other necessities that we'll need for the next two weeks. I think I'm going to be really deliberate about having specific spaces for workouts versus work versus meals versus relaxation time. I'm fortunate enough to have a big enough space where I can have specific designated areas for each of those things. But I think that's going to help me to make sure I'm in the right headspace and in the right mindset for each of those activities and not feeling just a little bit scattered and without purpose. So I think that's gonna be a really important piece of saying mentally well during this quarantine. I'll report back in two weeks to let everyone know how it went. For now though, I'm very excited to share this episode with everyone. I had the chance to talk to Drew Scott this week. I met Drew when we were taking a course together and we had a couple of conversations over social media and over the phone since, and I just felt like our views and our take on 2020 really aligned. And so I thought it would be fun to bring him on the podcast so that everyone could hear from him. Drew is a lifetime athlete competing in baseball, hockey, wrestling, mixed martial arts, and natural bodybuilding and men's physique, his athletic background, combined with an ever-growing fascination with the human body, has established a strong foundation for which Drew continues to build his health and fitness on. Over his 14 years as a strength and conditioning coach, he's built a reputation for a dynamic style of training which favors functionality and training pain-free to perform your best. While Drew coaches everyone, from pro athletes to retirees, he derives the greatest sense of accomplishment from clients that believe in training for longevity. Drew's programs are built with purpose and a commitment to personal goals while helping his clients to develop a skill set inside and outside of the gym. Drew is currently a trainer at SWAT Health in Mississauga, And he loves staying engaged with his community and making an impact with his clients through mindset, exercise, nutrition, and building long-lasting relationships. So many of the things that I value so much in health and fitness are the same things that Drew values. So I think you all are really going to love this conversation. Without further ado, here is my chat with Drew Scott. Hi, Drew. Welcome to the How Do You Feel podcast. It is awesome to have you on the show, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation we're about to have. 
Thank you, Casey. Really excited to talk about a lot of subjects that I think right now a lot of people in our industry are excited to hear about too. Mm -hmm. We've had a couple of awesome and very thought-provoking conversations already about some of these topics. So I'm excited for the listeners to get to hear what you have to say on them as well. Thank you. First of all, let's just learn a little bit about you. Can you tell us how long you've been a trainer and what it is that you love about training? Of course. Uh, I've been now a trainer for, well, 14 years, um, quite some time. It's evolved a lot since then doing that. But when I started out, I'll be honest, it wasn't even really seen as a career. I think huh. most people in the fitness industry kind of just did it because they enjoyed fitness, which is the same reason I kind of got into it. Um, I was playing um, high-level baseball and, and hockey um, a lot growing up. And that kind of translated into me wanting to train and get stronger and got better even from a younger age. I think the first time I started at a gym, I was actually cleaning equipment and teaching people how to use machines properly. That's what it was kind of back in the day. But yeah, I've gone just about every job you can do in a gym. Cleaning staff, um, I also sat under their trainers just learning and being someone below them. Uh, then I've been coached more like higher level athletes. I've done lower level athletes. Um, I've also done just your average mom and dad. And more currently now what I do with um, SWAT is managing the business, getting better with current lockdown even scenarios, just having things run properly with regulations given what's gone on there. And it's been a wild ride with SWAT. I've been with them for almost, I think six years now. Awesome. Yeah, and a really great facility uh, that we have in Mississauga, um, Ontario, and we have two other facilities as well, one downtown Toronto and one in Burlington. Mm -hmm. You have a lot, you have a very wide range of experience within this industry, training all different types of people, it sounds like, from, you know, general population to high-level athletes. And you've been around, you've been around the block for a considerable amount of time. I think for a lot of people training, as you said, they, they don't necessarily view it as a career. They view it as a job that they do for a while before they go into something else. So when you kind of look back in the career that you've made in training, what do you think sets you apart as a trainer? What makes you special? Why do you think you've been successful? Well, that's a great question. Um, and I think some of what I'll say and, and what I think set me apart or, or what does well, doesn't necessarily just apply actually just fitness and health industry, but also throughout all businesses. But um, I think for myself, just really establishing myself in the beginning uh, and people always say like, you know, that you have to grind it out and grind it out. And I don't necessarily think it's something just about grinding it out. I think there's something to be said for effort and working hard. I would like to believe though, for a lot of that, it's, um, showing up for a lot of the people like clientele on the hours when people aren't always paid. Um, and what I mean by that is you have clients who need help outside of work. Um, let's say they need you to help move something at their home, or they want you to come to their kid's hockey game, or you have a trainer who wants to work out with you on the weekend. And a lot of those unpaid hours are some of the things that I think I did. Um, and I still continue to do for people in your community and people you work with, you know, creating connection with humans. It's very easy to see training as this transaction and that you're trying to rack up a certain number of hours per week. And I think sometimes trainers get confused that success equals 30 hours a week or 40 hours a week on the gym floor. When in reality, success is relationship building. 
because those things that you're talking about, the extra little things that you're doing, you said you just took some equipment to clients who now have to do at-home workouts, like driving the equipment to their houses. Like that is the stuff that keeps your clients around for years, right? And that's the thing that that allows you to have a sustainable business and training, I think. So I just remember as a young trainer, being really caught up in the numbers, and I think missing a little bit of the point of the quality of the hours and, and the time that I'm spending and the way I'm giving my time. Does that resonate with you? I, I would say like you, you nailed it with that. I think it's so funny you were just saying, because I was having a conversation with another one of our junior trainers about how do, I, how do I get 40 hours and how do I make this dollar amount? And I was just kind of instructing to the gentleman who I was talking to about that, like some of that stuff is a byproduct of you creating that further connection with, with clients, like you said. Um, I have two or three clients that I've known for over 10 years right now, which I think says a lot about themselves and what they're committed to, but also what you said, it's, it is relationship building. In the beginning when it started out, I, I, I can say I probably made every mistake as a new trainer. Um, <laughs> But but I, you learn from a lot of that now, and you're right. The the byproduct of you creating that good relationship is you just happen to be able to make money from it. So you would probably agree with this. It says a lot about the character of the person who's in in the industry, right? And I think sometimes we place so much value. Unfortunately, things like social media have ruined a bit of this. Um, the glamour of it and making a hundred thousand um, dollars in and let's say a year I hear these claims and I can say this between you and I, we both know that that's not true in the fitness industry. Uh, not that you can't make that. They're just claims that glamorize a lot of that. And it's more about making that proper connection and doing what you're passionate about the fitness and, and, and wellness industry. Yeah. And I think we're always like when you're new in something, you're always going to make mistakes. Like it's impossible not to, have the wrong outlook in some things or do the wrong exercises with clients or, you know, like I've made so many of those mistakes as well. But what I'm hearing from you is this, that you have this inherent ability to learn from those mistakes. I think it takes a level of embracing them and saying, okay, that wasn't right. Instead of getting defensive about what happened, um, even if it's a small thing and saying, okay, what can be better now? So I think, I think it's an awesome quality to be able to learn from your mistakes own them and, and get better from them. Yeah, you're, you're right. And I just, I, I had a, a moment where I was thinking about even this week, like again, 14 years, I think back of my, my, my first year in some of the training sessions and like, I'm very thankful that some of those people trained with me, but I evolved in a great way as a, as a trainer, not just on a exercise level, but also um, connecting with them, creating like certain level of, ability for trust and stuff like that, which is what it's all about in a personal training, given the words, being more personal connection. I used to always just think like, oh, just give them a good workout. That's only one aspect of personal training, you know, and the fitness and wellness industry is, if, and you know this, with the amount of people that there are, whether it's a chiropractor, a physiotherapist, a naturopath, they're all creating that certain connection on another level. And some of what they do is, is a program and, and help. But the other thing is just creating them to have, a, a, like you said, a much better relationship. And I think the personal training world has done that really well for me. Yeah. We also tend to value a lot of the wrong things when we, when we say, you know, giving them a good workout. You know, we think of being really sweaty or being really sore. Like I remember when I used to value that in a fitness class. 
the more tired I was at the end or the more spent I felt or the more I felt the muscles I wanted to feel, I was like, that was a really good workout. But of course, there are so many other things that go into a good workout. And I think a big piece of it is connection and a big piece of it is forming the habit of moving your body and valuing movement for movement's sake. It's, it's, it's true. And I can even agree, even in my past, you'd get caught up with, did I sweat and, and how is this feeling? And I think now like really understanding quality movements, um, some of the foundational movement patterns and some of the basics, even let's say stretching and mobility. Yeah, yeah. So when we're thinking about a trainer in the fitness world right now, what do you think are the most important things that they should focus on to set themselves up for a sustainable career, for a long fitness career? What would you suggest they focus on? That's a great question. And I think that it can probably seem overwhelming because um, there is a lot to think about, you know, paying bills, developing a clientele. I'm sure a lot of people hear this, but when I say passion, I think what I mean is, um, having care and consideration about why you're being a trainer. So yes, you want to pay bills, but like, what is it that you value inside a lot of that you want to deliver the message to people? Like maybe it is being um, a powerlifting coach. Maybe it is being a sprint track coach. Maybe it is developing just with players, but understanding that you have to really want to grow and get better in that, in that field. And you would know this really well. It's not nine to five, our job. Um, it's never been nine to five since I began it. Um, I'm only now currently with, with having a, a, a new son, do I not work as late right now? But I still start, um, I've been going on almost seven years. I start at 6 a.m., five days a week. And, and it's a challenge for sure, but it's one of those things where I get up because it's something that I actually, my feet touch the ground and I'm excited to help people's day. I think the other thing, um, some of the intangibles that, people don't always think they're going to get from a training session. You don't know how many people I've had leave like, oh, Drew, I feel so confident today in my, in my body and how I'm walking around now. I walked in and my household was in disarray and I wasn't feeling too good about work today. They leave a workout and they're like, you changed my entire mood in my day. Yeah, definitely. I think as a trainer, seeing and celebrating those things is also motivating for you and for your client. So when they say, oh my gosh, I feel so much better, like having that celebration moment of good for you, you got to the gym and then also for yourself saying like, I just improved their day. I'm, I'm making these little improvements in their life. And I think that helps you to, I don't know, avoid the, the potential burnout um, that I think a lot of trainers do face because it's not nine to five, as you're saying. How do you avoid the burnout? Yeah, this is a another great question I think um, and again me and me and my wife have both done a lot of training we've been together for almost eight years now and I think the one we, we look at a lot is like there's the the work kind of jar filled up for a lot of people and that's some fulfillment of that but then the self-love and self-care jar sometimes isn't always filled up as well if that makes sense so having one jar overflowing and that other one maybe um, not as full, I think is an important factor. So for some people and something that's been helpful for myself is just like daily kind of planning in my planner and schedule as a trainer. If it's 30 minutes to go on a walk outside right now, it's time for me to do that. And maybe I disconnect from some social media, my phone, the laptop, and just get up and say, this is a half an hour I'm going to take for myself. 
because I know as a trainer, it's easy to just keep looking after the other and keep filling up some of everyone else's jars. You just got to make sure that there's that same one for yourself. Because at the end of the day, when you go down and you rest your head too, you want to make sure that you, you feel um, like you've given to others, but also that you're still giving to yourself. And I really think that that's something in the last few years for myself, I've worked really hard at. Awesome. I love that imagery as well. A lot of people talk about a balance, work-life balance or balance between self and others. But I like this idea of they're just two jars and what are you doing to keep both full? And can you make deposits into both of those jars? I think that's a really beautiful way to look at it because it doesn't imply that when one is up, the other is down or vice versa, right? It just, it just shows that both can conceivably be full. I think that's a really nice way to look at it. And you can't give authentically and wholeheartedly if you are not good yourself. Otherwise yeah, it's an yeah. act, right? It's, it's, um, it's pulling from nothing. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's an important message, especially for trainers. I'll be honest. I would say that for majority of the people who walk into our facility in the gym doors, this one, like I said, the one jar maybe is overflowing and they're looking at how to fill the other one, but I just say it's tough to keep filling in that one. There's one overflowing. Let's try and keep it balanced on both of it. So not just for trainers, but definitely an important point for trainers. But I think most people walk into fitness and, and, and gym facilities alone. They're looking for that. And I think our job as trainers or, or healthcare professionals is to kind of lead them in that direction a little bit better sometimes is it a, you know a cut and dry never in the fitness and wellness industries and most people know this in the industry it's like it depends it, it is a challenge and i think it's just that thing that you said if, if the self-care isn't looked after from inside here it's going to make it tough for it to exude to others outside of you right yeah yeah exactly okay let's talk a little bit about your family your son is about 18 months old you said right yeah yeah, yeah. How has having a family changed your perspective on fitness, on your job? What's your, what's your outlook now that, now that you do have a young family? I think, and again, like any parent who says when they, you know, things in, in hindsight and you look at a lot of that now, four or five years ago, I, I used, and I won't say that I wasn't busy because I was still probably working like 50 or 60 hours in the gym, but I thought that I had, I thought that I was busy then. And then I had a newborn son and I understand what all the parents say. Um, is it manageable? Um, of course it is. I also have, like I said, an amazing wife who's able to help juggle that with me. And it's definitely in a partnership with us. We, we try and juggle things together, but I would say it's changed my perspective in a way that you really do realize that there's watchful eyes on you. So yes, you're a trainer and, and your clients watch what you do and they try and, and you try and lead by example, but never has it been more true than when you come home and even at work, um, what I'm putting in my body as I eat and, and nourish it, what I drink every day, he's watchful eyes and literally whatever I put on my plate, my son, if he's not eating the same, which we try and stick with, he wants it for my plate. Um, if I'm active throughout my day, I take him on walks. I try and just be one of those things where I'm very mindful and just super self-aware right now because all the things that I'm doing, he's picking up those habits. 
they say that the best way to parent is by example. I don't know kids, so I don't know, but I know that a lot yeah. of people say that because kids are just watching. They just emulate the, what they're seeing you do, you know? That's, that's right. And I, and I mean, I think, I know you're asking my perspective, but for myself, I don't think I've really, obviously there's more of my time given towards him, but a lot, for a lot of things, they haven't changed any of my habits. Routines have a little bit, Mm-hmm. But I also try and keep a lot of them similar. So he develops them just kind of how I was raised the same. Um, my mom and dad were both very active people. And I think that portrayed into me being an active person as well. Um, and I don't mean just sports. I say when I say training, I like the, the word movement. I think movement's important. It could be a walk. It could be a run. It could be anything of any any kind that you're used to. And I think we're just trying to have a lot of um, that portrayed into, into my son as well. Being in the current scenario with lockdown, it is definitely one of those ones where in my scenario, I don't have kids who are in or a child who's in school right now. But I can I really feel for those parents right now, because I think that you don't want to just put your kid in front of a screen or in an iPad or a laptop. But given some of the scenario, that's probably happening quite a bit. And so managing some of that stuff with some activity and going outside are the things that the kids really are, are, are sponges. And I've noticed that quite a bit with my son already. Um, a lot of the good habits, but uh, maybe not all of them great habits, but I'm trying my best. I will say that. I love it. What's one thing that he's picked up on that's not a great habit? Um, I can say for a fact that like he likes to eat very fast, but based, based and you would know this as well, being a trainer, um, when you have 10 minutes between a client, you're used to eating fast. The downside is when me and my wife and my son eat down to like a restaurant when we used to go to a restaurant before lockdown. But like if we went to a restaurant or we're eating, sit down at the table for dinner, I have a tendency to want to just eat really fast. And she wonders even if I'm enjoying the meal because I eat so quick. <laughs> so uh, picking up some of those habits, I guess, would be one of them. But yeah, I think just the watchful eyes of, of, of having um, a newborn son with that has, has been an a good experience and all of that, but you really do realize small habits, big habits, they're just watching your every move. So that, that'll be my biggest perspective, just being really aware of that. Yeah, it's really interesting. Drew, can you think of anything that you feel like you used to focus a lot on? Like it took up a lot of space in your mind that now you don't really place as much value on? Oh, yes, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to directly relate a lot of this, kind of specifically right now, but I think more to how people start out training. When a lot of people start working out, I believe they're solely focused on, um, I want to lose 10 pounds so I look this way, or aesthetically, I want my love handles gone, or stuff like that. And I think a lot of people started working out like that, and not me, obviously anymore, but I think even myself, when I started training, that was what I want. What I look at now is how can I bring better value to my team at work? How can I bring better value to my loved ones at home? How can I bring better value from my training and, and what I do daily to my son and energy? So like, it doesn't matter to me as much anymore, really how I look. It's how I feel, how I perform and what like sustained energy levels I kind of have throughout my day. And I get this quite a bit from my, my clientele when they've seen me in the gym, they're like at 6 a.m. or 4 p.m. I'm pretty much a lot of the same. And it's just because I, I try to do a really good job at looking after 
as we, we just spoke about there are some of those jars and I know I've got a lot better over the years at understanding like sometimes reading a book for 25 30 minutes in the middle of my day is what I need maybe it's a walk um, so some intuitive things I think that are good but I'm less focused on how I look aesthetically I think yeah I think it's a I think it's a common thing for a lot of people I, I think most get into fitness for aesthetic reasons um, but Drew I'm with you on the on the let's do it for the feeling part the podcast is called how do you feel so you're speaking right to my heart I think there are 10,000 benefits of fitness that have nothing to do with how you look and nothing to do with your body. And it's not invalid to seek those things or to want to change your body in some way, but let's get away from the narrative that that's what fitness is. And that is the point of fitness because it's so, so many other things. And I would say the most important being health and longevity. And as you're saying, energy. For sure. Like without a doubt, you've, you nailed all those points. I agree. Let's talk about your habits over the past year. We spoke briefly about how you feel like you've actually been really solid with keeping up with your habits and your fitness in 2020, but we've definitely seen a group of people that's really struggled with their habits. So it seems like there are two camps of people, right? Some that really leaned into their habits and their fitness and some kind of toss everything in the garbage can. What do you attribute your success with your habits in 2022? You know that we said previously that I think you're right, and what's unfortunate is I think we see the divide of more the the black and white right now with a lot of people with their health and wellness. Um, and as this lockdown measures continue longer, uh, the unfortunate thing is I think that divide actually is going to get greater and and greater. Um, for some people, it is financial means. For others, it's maybe that they don't have a group of people to pull from, and they don't have other family members, or they live alone. I know it's really easy to think of like four or five months from now what's happening, but I really try and do the day-to-day -day habits and try and nail those down. Like if, if it's, hey, this week, I'm going to get out of bed every day at 5.30 in the morning and go for a walk, just doing that one um, habit to start that positive impact and, and build it up over each day. I can't remember the book it was that I read. I've, I've read quite a few books over lockdown but kind of thinking like every day if, if your body and your and your mind are like that bank account and you're looking to add to your bank account each day I, I really try and take that it's I, I know it can be overwhelming for a lot of these scenarios to think where are we going to be in April or May that's kind of out of my hands and no one knows where it is right now so the the thing I've really been living by that I think that's stayed successful with my habits is control the controllables what are things we can control? And like my pretty big tenets, if we want to relate it towards health and wellness um, are really your sleep, nutrition, training, relationships. Nice. Um, so the really who, and there are things that we control, whose energy you're letting in, what relationships you have, what you're putting in your body, sleep and a lot of that stuff. And, and if you're moving and, and or training every day. Yeah, 100%. I love all of those areas. And I think striving for proficiency in all four of those areas can be hugely impactful. Also, I think that what happens with people and the reason why it feels like there are these two sides that are getting farther and farther away, more and more polarized. I think people fall into this all or nothing trap all the time. And 
it's a it's January, so people may or may not have set some New Year's resolutions. And I think with resolutions, we often fall into this all or nothing trap where we think that we set this big lofty goal at the beginning. And we think that we have to be perfect at it because that is what success looks like. And then when we're unable to be per- perfect at this huge goal, which is normal, by the way, to not be perfect at a huge goal when you set out with it, then we ditch right. it. We say, I failed. I haven't done it one or two days. I failed. And so we scrap it all together. Instead of understanding that progress happens in incrementally in tiny, tiny little steps, and it doesn't look perfect. And sometimes you, you're going to get up at 5.30 a.m. for your walk three days that week, even though you said you'd do it all the days and you go, you know what, but I still did it. And that's still a win. It's still better than scrapping the idea altogether. So I, I think our that. mindsets around our goals that we set or resolutions that we set, it's just, it's such a trap of needing it to be all or nothing. And we've got to learn to embrace all that gray in between. Yeah, Casey, you're so right about that. I, th- I think you you really got the great point there when you said it's almost like the all or none theory where it doesn't have to be necessarily, uh, there's just one end goal always when it comes to like your fitness and wellness. If you start thinking of it, and this is what my approach more is, I expect to do this the rest of my life. There actually isn't an end goal really for me. And I know that's tough for a lot of people to think of, but I think that's why relating back to what you said about my success. Um, this is something I do and I'm actually more thankful that I'm able to use my body. And I think it's a gift that I'm able to do all these things. And I think for some people, working out is almost seen as a punishment sometimes. And it's seen as something that they don't, um, you know, it's more about what you value. And I just think for me, I just really value the ability that I have a body that's able to do all those things that I'm able to go work out even, or we have a lot of those things that sometimes we have taken for granted. And yeah. I'll bring this back and tie it back into the, the, the gray and the divide of the black and the white. I think for the some people, what happens is they think of some of those end goals and the people who just kind of don't take it or don't take it up are just so focused on what happens at the end and not part of the process to get there. For sure, for sure. Because if you're, if you're going to do it for life, if you're planning to move for life, or as you said, there is no end goal. I think also though people have a misconception about those that have a very ingrained movement habit in their life. And I'll explain what I mean. Someone might look at you. You've been a trainer for many years. You've been training, moving your body for many years. You value that. Someone might look at you and say, wow, Drew is so disciplined to be able to continue his training and to think that he's going to train the rest of his life. But to you, it probably doesn't feel that hard because it's a habit for you. And it's something that you say, actually, that's self-care for me. It energizes me. That helps me get through my day. But someone who doesn't have that habit, they look at you and they go, wow, he's so disciplined. I could never be like that. What they need to do is they need to go through the process and start at the beginning, not start off doing, trying to do your routine or what you do, working out however many days a week. They start at their own beginning and eventually they will get to that place where it's actually enhancing their lives as well. And then it doesn't take hard work to continue because it's just a part of your life. It's just, we have this, this misunderstanding of like train for life. Yikes. That sounds like a huge commitment, you know? When you're saying that, that's so true. I think it seems like, 
Um, it's so easy to compare when it comes to the, the fitness and wellness industry for a lot of us people. Like, I want to train like this athlete. And I think people really think that there really needs to be the process of just themselves. You don't need to think of what someone else is. It's like, what what is your process? Start out? Everyone's looks different from the start to what's going to be the end. People... Um, are so focused on that one routine that Casey's doing and that Casey's workout that of course they want to do that because they see that you're such a high level achiever in it. Right. When they don't think that, like, think of where you started working out to where you are now. I've said a lot to my clients. It's not a sprint. It's more like a marathon. It really is. And if you think of those longevity goals for a lot of that, maybe your goal was to get, go to bed at 10 PM and you only did it two days out of seven in a week. Well, two is better than none. And what I think a lot of people on this one end of the spectrum have done right now with lockdown is, they're like, oh, well, I can't even do that one day. So I'm just gonna say, screw it and do nothing at all completely. I, I think you'd probably agree with thinking that's actually more of a mentality and a mindset than it is just about physical and movement. And is that something that you get overnight? No, it takes some time building but the all or none theory and they just would rather do nothing and just say, Oh, well, I didn't, it's already what January 12th or 13th and they missed two or three days. So they're just going to stop their new year's resolutions in general. When yeah. like the real way it looks with people like um, yourself and me, it's naturally, you're going to have days that are terrible. That's what it's like to be humans, but it's on those days that when you show up for yourself where you've had a bad day that I think are probably in my opinion, the most rewarding yeah 100 and i agree it's a mental barrier for people it's i either need to be perfect or there's no point you've got to get away from that yeah drew when you look back on 2020 i guess it's a relief that we're out of it now but um what are the biggest lessons that you learned in 2020 hmm. wow big question uh... Yeah, no, that is a big question because I, I know that I'm not the only one. I know you've even probably looked back at yourself and, and everyone in relationships, family or not, um, as a business. I think one of the bigger things I learned in 2020 for myself is, regardless of the road for myself, what I want to continue to be able to do is like, I think the word I was just saying before, it's maintaining perspective. So I, I'll be honest, I've had a few you know, times and moments through lockdown where I just was like, like I wasn't having a, a good day and those happen. The, the word I kept remembering is like in perspective. Um, so I look at my wife and just be like, you know, I don't know, but maybe we hugged each other. Maybe I just said, I need a hug today. Maybe, you know, my son comes running over to me and hugs me too. And it's like, things can really seem like they're almost all ending in a moment. You know, you get some bad news from the government. Our business is closed down. Plus I have these bills and these bills. And you think of some of the things that you have that are, you're grateful for, like my health. Um, I have a home to live in. I have food on my table where if you don't think about that stuff, think throughout the world, there's a lot of other things that are much more challenging times people are going through. So I was always trying to just keep a positive outlook on that. I, I don't know if you feel the same or do you have anything you can add on to that? I'm sure you do. Yeah, perspective is a great way to put it. This newfound clarity, I think, for me on what's important. All of these other things that I chased or that I felt like were important, they just dissipated into 
what do I really want? What, how do I want to be spending my time? What kind of quality time do I want to be giving my husband and my dog? My dog is my baby. Um, but just, just really getting clear on some of those things. And I've also, I've also become more connected to family this year, I feel. And I'm talking about family that doesn't live in Toronto. And so we did have Zoom sessions throughout the year. And, and there was more time to connect with the people that are the most important in my life at the end of the day. So I, I think 2020, you know, I, I said it in the last episode that I released. I think 2020 for me, like changed my life in so many valuable and positive ways. The new perspective, as I, as you said, it's going to stay with me forever. No question. There were some things where some things that maybe were important in the past this year has helped a lot of that, um, myself included. Even having Zoom calls with, you know, I have um, five or six childhood friends who I've known since kindergarten who I, I'm still friends with. And we did a few nights of Zoom calls and I looked at my wife and I said, like, I've, I've never done that with them. But it was, and I hadn't done a Zoom call until March of 2020. I'd never done one in my life. And like, we had a lot of fun and it was good. And like, these are people I've known my entire life and included with my family. Some of those relationships and some of those things I did, um, you're right. It just made it like, um, if I said like your focus was blinders more this way, I feel like a lot of the focus narrowed in for me this year. Family was a big one for myself. They've always been important, but we've been forced into a scenario where everyone had bubbles that I spent a lot more time with my brother, um, wife and his kids and my mom and dad you feel more grateful because I, I haven't been spending as much time with them probably in the past doing who knows what, going to a concert, going to a restaurant, just doing certain things that are nice to do. But put in that scenario, I was just happy that we got to do a lot of those things because I maybe I'd missed some of that and we hadn't done it in a long time. Yeah. Drew, I just have one final question for you. I'm interested if there's any subjects or topics that you are interested in diving into and learning more about like what are you interested in right now ah hmm well well touching back on first that i loved i really enjoy reading so uh i mean i think it wasn't necessarily in, in 2020 and did quite a bit of reading the year before like i think i read almost 80 books in, in a year which is quite a bit yeah that's a lot yeah, <laughs> a lot <laughs> probably almost too many but and I'm one of those people who can't read on a kindle I need like the physical book itself so it's also a little bit of an investment but um yeah your don't home library say, must be unbelievable yeah it, it's not your bad home library after COVID's <laughs> over <laughs> that's incredible but I, I have reached a point and I think a lot of people understand this I will always be a student of, of like the body and want to continue to learn more recently, um, I don't want to learn anything about training currently. Uh, not that I don't want to continue to learn, but like we've all done seminars. Actually, how we, you and I met was at the PPSC one, which has been like one of my favorite kind of seminars for a lot of what I've done in my education. But I'm just kind of at a point in my career where actually I'd like to switch a little bit more in towards like maybe some of the financial aspects of a business or what a business takes to run a lot of that stuff. I've probably talked about it for two years to myself and never really taken a step. And I think this year, like a, a big thing in, in 2021, what I want to do is stick towards like maybe some of the back ends of a business and how that's run properly. And as much as it's tough and, and you would know this as well, some management of people and a business and how you can get better at that. 
Yeah, there's so many good books on that. That's been a topic that I've probably in the last year started dabbling in as well. And it's an important supplementary skill for a trainer because at the end of the day, we are our own business. So I think that it's fun to kind of go down that, um, that rabbit hole into some of those skills as well. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. And you know this, it's like forever being a student, even my body, how it changes over everyone's body changes throughout a year. I've done a lot of learning and I want to continue to educate myself there. But I think just sometimes turning away and turning off that perspective and trying to get another one is really helpful too. How about if we turn the question around to yourself though? Because uh, as much as we want to know about me, I'm, I'm interested in yourself because I know with DTS education and what you do, is there anything this year that you kind of thought you wanted to continue to do? I love it. You've hijacked my job as host. Thank you for that. <laughs> I just wanted to ask because I'm interested as well. I love it. I would say it's been a couple of years. Habits have been a topic that I've done a deep dive in. And this year, this past year, I got the chance to build a habits coach course with DTS and with the support of that team. So that's been awesome. That's just always going to be a subject of learning for me. I would say most recently, I'm very interested in learning more about spirituality. This idea of um, manifesting what you want in life. Um, a lot of the a lot of the things I've been reading are just very much about loving kindness, like non-judgmental, and a lot of these ideas also incorporate into a meditation practice, which I've recently started really trying to hone in on and make a regular part of my life. So that's been kind of a whole new Pandora's box of of stuff to learn because in the past, I haven't touched that subject at all, to be honest with you. I've touched mindfulness. Um, but it was very grounded in like the concrete and grounded in just breath or being in the present moment. And this is more, this is more intangible. I mean, I'm really enjoying learning about it. It's been fun. That's cool. I mean, and I guess that specifically, like you've started doing more meditation work, even yourself and, and reading about that. Yeah, exactly. I've read a couple of books. Um, I'm learning a little bit about Buddhism and those meditations. Cool. I, a lot of it's inspired by my father-in-law. Um, he's very interested in this subject and he talks a lot about it. So a little bit under his guidance, I've been diving into it some. I can't say I've deep dived into meditation work, but like experiment a little bit. And then maybe I haven't had as much success because maybe having someone, like you said, like your father-in-law to guide you down that is even helpful sometimes with some of those things, much like a trainer does to someone who goes into the gym the first time. Yeah, I think it's one of those, it's one of those topics, just like fitness, where it's very hard to know where to start. <laughs> like you go to YouTube and yeah. type in different types of meditations and you're like, what is all of this stuff? What does it mean? Um, and so it can feel very overwhelming. So yeah, I think, you know, he directed me to a couple of books that have been good resources. And then, yeah, just having that little bit of guidance of where to start and how I can start to incorporate it, I think has been has been good and it's been fun. So we'll see. But. Yeah, and you guess you want to see what doors maybe that's going to open and you, you you kind of experience it and you see how much you like it. And if it is, it's something that you continue to practice and build into your life, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, um, it's crazy how different I feel after even having done it for just a couple of months. The different um, awareness that I bring to the way that I sometimes like have a gut reaction to judge people, for example, or how I realize that if I do something for another, I have this underlying, like, what's the transaction? Like, 
but what will they do for me? Or I'm more willing to do if I know someone's done for me where a lot of these teachings just talk about kindness with no expectation of return and just having that love and just seeing beauty and everything without any judgments. So I I think like it's cool. Almost like you're seeing more like just from the goodness of your heart with no expectation of any, anything receiving at all, just giving it because that's what you genuinely want to do. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And the idea that that, that kind of energy, if you put that out into the world, it just brings that good energy back to you in the end. Having negative energy or negative people around, I really do believe is contagious in, in, in a household, in a, in a relationship, in a family, definitely in a business, definitely is something I can say, because there's that trickle down effect of that negativity and that negative energy that it leads into other people and into the team or the family and the relationship. So something I've witnessed for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great examples. All right, Drew. Well, thank you very much for all of your thoughts. This has been awesome. Um, Can you let people know if they want to get in touch with you or perhaps receive services from SWAT or get, learn more about SWAT? What are the places that they can go to find out more? hundred percent. I mean, first they could contact me. I mean, not as professional, but easy way on through Instagram. And it's just my name and it's Drew H. Scott, which is one way that's fine. One of the better ways would be through our website, which is the SWAT health systems, which we have right now. And to make a small plug for it, I mean, given the current scenario and lockdown measures, we all do virtual training, um, kind of a platform that our other owners have kind of rolled out that encompasses everything that we have in our doors. When you walk into a facility, we still offer it virtually. So there's a naturopathic doctor, chiropractic care, even virtually there's physiotherapy and as well, um, a trainer. So if you go on the website through there, there's actually like a SWAT at home stuff where we've kind of kickstarted again, given the new year. And unfortunately, given the new lockdown measures that are happening, if they looked at the SWAT at home, I think that's a great way for someone who's trying to get connected with me and or other members of our team. Like I said, training is just one aspect that I deal with a lot, but um, the team we have is, is really talented on all ends. I know a lot of people being at desks more, being at home more, being in front of, you know, more laptops and computers. There's a lot of people who are, who are living with, with pain right now. And our team has just provided that virtual platform to try and get people more help that maybe just don't have another outlook to be able to get at that. And I think it's a, it's just a great viable option. That's we've tried to grow and get better and better with our team. Awesome. And SWAT definitely has a reputation for high quality services. So if anyone is in need of any of those services that you mentioned, definitely highly recommend checking out SWAT. Do you have any final thoughts to share with people before we sign off? I wouldn't have any final thoughts. I just think what we mentioned back in perspective, like I think a lot of people made New Year's resolutions in 2021, and I'm not a big person who believes in necessarily just resolutions. I believe the right day is the day that you you pick because you want to like we said for the rest of your life so we're less maybe about final thoughts like about resolutions and worry about how you can build more like sustainable habits that you can have for the rest of your life um whether it be about nutrition your recovery relationships training any of those things my piece of advice would be look towards something that you can look for the next depending on your age you know 30 40 50 years And it's something that's going to add value to you, like you had mentioned, inside as well, not just physical, um, but as well mentally. I think it's really important right now 
and I won't go off too far on that, but like back in the middle of uh, lockdown, I was doing a free community group class, which I believe I'm probably going to start back up again. Um, am I as concerned about myself with this? No, but I, I get something from the community giving back to them as well. But I think it's just really nice. We had 30, 40 people in a class and I wasn't charging anyone at all. I was, I know there's people in given scenarios that are struggling a lot right now. And I think it's one of those things where if truly the meaning is we're in this together, this is a time when fitness and health professionals need to show their worth and step up to the plate for a lot of people and do the best they can for clients, non-clients, and just others who are important to them. It's beautiful. I love it. Cool. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Drew. Thanks so much for listening to How Do You Feel? If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Rate and review the podcast. Those ratings and reviews really do go a long way. I appreciate them all so much. Better yet, share the podcast with a friend or family member that you think would benefit from the messages that we talk about on How Do You Feel? All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I hope everyone has a great week. And as always, remember, get out there and do something that makes you feel good today.